What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Report's NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Matt Miller, the lead draft writer at BR, and joining me every Wednesday from sunny Manhattan, BR's Connor Rogers. I have no idea if it's sunny there. <laughs> it is sunny, but it's absolutely freezing today, so uh, things could be a lot worse. But what is great is that we have a pretty awesome show today because it's time to do our monthly mock draft. We have Ronald Jones joining us after that, and of course, we're going to answer all of your draft on draft questions today. Yeah, and Ronald was one of those interviews I did when I was up at the Super Bowl. So I mean, you're going to hear it. Sounds like we're sitting in a cafeteria having a conversation, which basically we were. I would uh, say you basically were. <laughs> yeah, but he was great. Like you said, man, we are going to do our monthly mock draft today. You get the first pick this time. I had it last time. Excited to see where it goes. But before we started recording today, you and I were having a a conversation off air. In mid-conversation, I was like, dude, we need to just have this conversation on the show because it's it's that good of a conversation. So uh, before we jump into the mock draft, let's talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson, the Louisville quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner two years ago. Tuesday morning, as we're recording this, I tweeted out a lot of his positives, things that I really like about him. And I just feel like we need to do that more often. We need to, you know, say, hey, this is what I like about this guy. And, and maybe this is what, because we focus on the negative so much. And as I'm tweeting out the positives, I told you, I had a, a scout that I very much trust is always pointing me in the right direction, text me. And he's like, man, all those things sound good, but the kid's just not a good football player. And what I told you was I can't find one person in the NFL who's a supporter of Lamar Jackson and not just, oh, a supporter as a quarterback or a supporter in the first round. I, I have not found anyone who's like, I'm willing to nuts on the table for this kid. And that scares me a lot. I think there's a lot, a couple of things to digest here. I think that there's definitely a legitimate fear that if you rely on your quarterback to run a lot, that he will get hurt. I think I think Lamar Jackson is not RG3. I think that's a, a bad comparison, but I think what really battered RG3 down over time was taking those hits and making himself vulnerable to injury. And I think there is a fear amongst the NFL of that with Lamar Jackson. So the question is, how much do you believe he can continue to grow as a passer? Because the jumps from his Heisman Trophy campaign to this last season as a passer were significant. He stayed in the pocket longer. He knew how to reset his feet and make throws. Now, was he still inaccurate at times? Yes, he's still sailing the football. He's still struggling on stuff, the deep outs. But when it comes down to it, he is making jumps. So I think it's such a projection game that is interesting with Jackson where the league just might be scared of of taking a guy like that. Now, what makes me really question it, though, is I, I think in terms of, you know, passing question marks I think Sam Darnold and Josh Allen have probably just as many I I think they are guys that do struggle with accuracy at times Darnold is more accurate than both of them but he really struggles with decision making he he fumbles a lot he's thrown a lot of interceptions and his arm is is average at best uh, honestly so when you look at the Lamar Jackson situation I, I think you nailed it it's interesting the league is skeptical of him it feels like fans and Twitter really loves him And I think it's going to fall somewhere in the middle where early in the second round, a team says, okay, we're going to stash this guy and we're going to find a way to make it work. Yeah. And I think second round, maybe third round is where teams have him. And a lot of people have a lot of people on Twitter have like shit on myself, the Kuypers, the McShays, because we have come out and said, yeah, teams are saying this guy's not going first round and they get mad at us for saying it. Instead of, like you said, there are a lot of strengths, there are a lot of weaknesses. And I think for Lamar, it it comes down to 
how much do you, one thing that I don't know, and it's my job to figure out in the next two and a half months, and I, I finally got the all 22 tape, is to figure out how much of Bobby Petrino's scheme covered up his weaknesses. And I know that this year he played more from the pocket. I think so. He played better from the pocket. I'm trying to chart and figure out how does he work through progressions and does he, is he able to get off schedule? You know, when, if the play is, Hey man, you're going to catch a a shotgun snap and boom, boom, boom. Those are your reads. I I need to see him make them a little more organically. If that makes sense, I'm describing it well with my hands, but you guys can't see me. Um, That's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I do. I like, I like the idea of him. I think it's, it is easy for us to sit in our, our desk chairs and say, well, the NFL should just try it because he's a great athlete and look what he did against you know, Florida State or look what he did in these, in these big games. And they are looking at the bigger picture and saying, well, this is why it won't work. It's boom, boom, boom. So I, just, I wanted to start it off talking about that. I, I think I don't expect either of us to draft him in the first round of this mock draft we're about to do, but... Um, I just, we haven't talked a lot about him, honestly, since the season ended, since he declared. And I, I felt like today was a good time to do it. Oh yeah. And one more thing before we do get to the mock draft that I, I liked from your tweet thread, you said, Oh, one more note. Jackson is getting back amazing reviews from coaches, teammates, scouts. Everyone loves this dude. Uh, I have heard the same that, you know, he is, we don't hear it a lot with him for whatever reason, but he is a high character player. He, he plays hard. He's a tough leader. And I think that was just an interesting kind of insider buzz note from you mixed into that thread. Yeah, everyone does love him. Like, just as a guy, they absolutely love him. And I think that is one important thing, that, especially at the quarterback position. I, I've said it on this show before, and it bears repeating because it, it is that time of year now. Now, Senior Bowl to, to draft day is so important for quarterback evaluation because we get the All-22 film and we can see, okay, how smart is this guy? And you get feedback from these meetings teams have and you get the character and you get the off field. So that's why we don't start writing scouting reports until right now, until this time of year, because there's so much that goes into it. It's not just watching ball on Saturdays. All right. So let's start knocking out the mock draft because you, if we know as well as anyone, you and I can definitely run long on these things. I'm up (laughs) first picking for the Cleveland Browns. And this is a scenario that we do need to go a little longer on than every other pick here. The hot rumor this last week has been the Browns might get cheeky and not take a quarterback first overall. Is that? Do you think there's any legs to this? No, I, I think it's one of those like hypotheticals where people say, "Well, I don't really like the quarterbacks in this class, so the Browns should do this." And I di- I did radio in Cleveland last week when this rumor kind of started, and they asked me about it. It's like you know, if you do that, you better really like three to three quarterbacks in this class. Like if you draft Saquon Barkley at number one, the Giants are going to draft a quarterback. The Colts are going to trade out to the Broncos or the Jets, whoever doesn't get Kirk Cousins, and they're going to draft a quarterback. And now you're sitting there at four drafting the third quarterback in the class. So you better have a very high grade on all those guys. And not even that, be comfortable once again, not taking a quarterback, passing on a guy like they did with Wentz, like they did with Watson, they had a chance to trade up for golf. They only would have had to trade up one spot and didn't do it. Uh, you, I, I think that's a hell of a lot of pressure. I, I say you just pick the quarterback you want at number one and then get a really good player at number four. Yep. So to get to my pick, I did do exactly that. I stuck with the pick that we've been making, that we've been hearing about, that we think that happens. Sam Darnold to the Cleveland Browns, number one overall. Yeah, no, no harm with that pick, right? It is, like you said, it's the one we've been hearing for 
months now, it seems like, that it's just this, it feels like this is the direction it's going. I love that pick for them. Uh, I, I know I've said it a million times, so not even a whole lot that we have to explain on that one, right? No, it's as simple as that. We've been going through it time and time again. I think they'll make discussions whether they want to take Baker Mayfield, especially with the guys they've added in that front office that will have interest in him. But I think when all is said and done, John Dorsey will be like, okay, I'm going to take my guy. And I think that guy is Sam Darnold. Yeah, and that leads right to the New York Giants at number uh, number two. Uh, My first pick, I'm going Josh Rosen. This is what I think will happen as of now, but I I do want to throw this out there that this management team – could be very sentimental and they could say, okay, uh, I'm going to stick with Eli Manning and they drafted Davis Webb in the third round last year. Let's see what they've got. Let's get Bradley Chubb or let's get Saquon Barkley or fuck it. Let's get Quentin Nelson. There are a lot of directions they could go as of now. I think quarterback is the way it's pointing. Yeah. I think it's hard to disagree with that. Now it's going to be really interesting when all these teams trade out and our mock drafts are completely ruined come draft night. But because I think the Giants are in that conversation getting to a team that I really do think is going to trade out is the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're going to sell that pick for whatever they can get back. They know Chris Ballard and Ed Dodds there. They know they have to build out a roster and you need draft capital to do so. But I did get a little creative here. We've been saying Bradley Chubb, who we know they like at number three overall. They either take Bradley Chubb, they either trade out or I don't think it's that crazy that they consider Quentin Nelson third overall. Knowing this regime, knowing that Quentin Nelson might be the best football player in this draft, and knowing that you cannot leave Andrew Luck hung out to dry ever again. Ever again. You cannot do it. He needs to be protected at all costs, and that means running the football and having good pass protectors. And Quentin Nelson is elite at both of those things. So I like Quentin Nelson at three for them, but I like it even more if they trade out and still take him. He might be the best player in the draft. I, I, he, he I, really think, for, I think for me, he will be. I think so. I think he's the safest. Um, so you've, you've put me in a, a conundrum here because I'm sitting with my, I think my top three players, my three of my top four players are on the board. Saquon Barkley, Minka Fitzpatrick and Bradley Chubb. And I'm such a BPA guy that you would think, that I would just take Saquon Barkley here and the Browns have a new backfield. Not going to do it, though, because for me, the idea of Bradley Chubb and Miles Garrett on the same defensive line is way too good to pass up on. And I, I think Emmanuel Ogba is a fine player, but he's not Bradley Chubb. So give me Bradley Chubb at four and watch out because all of a sudden, with, with Larry Ogunjobi in the middle, Danny Shelton, Bradley Chubb, and Miles Garrett, like that's that's how you rebuild a team. That's how you make the Browns a contender. Finally, it is having a strength on that D line to match what's already a pretty good offensive line too. So uh, I can get a running back at thirty three or thirty four or one of the the many picks they have on day two. Yeah, that's a pretty scary front seven. And I think when you look at all the ammo they have on day two, specifically in the second round, they can get one of those really good corners that slides to play alongside in that defense, which would be super dangerous. So I like that that uh that blueprint for Cleveland going forward all right number five the Denver Broncos talk about a guy that has to hit in this draft John Elway's last couple drafts have been horrendous listen if they don't get Kirk Cousins I think the pick has to be Baker Mayfield here I think they need a guy that's pro ready I think they need a guy that can come in and be a leader and really take over for that offense and get that offense moving in the direction right away and I think out of the quarterbacks in this class I think Baker is one of those guys I'm I'm fascinated by Baker Mayfield, as you know. Um, 
I've been, I don't feel like I've been back and forth on him. He's steadily risen in my rankings this year. I don't think the NFL likes him as much as the rest of us do, man. I agree. I could, I could be really wrong about that. I, I, I've been told time and time again that when it's all said and done, he's probably drafted closer to 10 than five, you know? So it, and I don't know if it's that we're out thinking the league, you know, or if it's, we're imagining that they're going to bet on these guys that are outliers more than they will. But kind of like we talked about with Lamar Jackson off the top of the show, you don't get many Baker Mayfield supporters in the NFL once you, and one of my favorite things to do with quarterbacks is talk to teams that don't need one because they still have to do an honest and true evaluation and just say like, you know, if you're talking to, I'll, I'll use the Patriots as an example because no one from there talks to anyone. It would be like you would go ask the Patriots, what do you think about Baker Mayfield? And they'll give you their honest report because they're not going to draft him. And maybe they're a bad example because they need a backup quarterback now. But, you know, you, you would talk to some of the Colts at three. They have Andrew Luck. They're not going to draft a quarterback, but they have to do the evaluation. And Baker, the, the thing that you hear all the time is you got a short quarterback from the spread. And that's really hard for a lot of people to, to get around. I, I do agree. He goes top 10. Uh, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you having him here at five and a guy, another guy that's polarizing the New York jets pick number six. I'm going to take Josh Allen. This is a team that has to figure out the quarterback situation this year. I think they'll make a strong, hard push for Kirk cousins and, and hell they might land him. And if they do, you can go Saquon Barkley here. But in a pre-free agency mock draft, um, without accounting for Cousins landing somewhere, I think Josh Allen is the pick here, and and he's another dude. People might people hate Josh Allen on Twitter, but they don't understand that the NFL is going to draft this guy in the top ten. He 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 will be a top ten pick, unless which would be completely out of character. Like he were to get in trouble between now and the draft, which just isn't going to happen because he's the quietest person in the world yeah. when it comes to <laughs> off-field stuff. But. It, it's going to happen, and I, I think it would be easier for people to just, we've talked about it before, it's will versus should. Y'all might not think Josh Allen should go top 10, but he's going to. So you might just want to accept that fact and then, you know, okay, well, I don't think you should go top 10, but that's fine. He's going to. And I, I think the Jets, I can see Mike McCagnan falling in love with this kid because of his arm strength, his athleticism, and the Jets have a great quarterback whisperer and Jeremy Bates, who's now the OC, and and you got to hope that he would be able to iron out some of the kinks with Allen, and maybe you could fix him with some mechanics. You know, if you fix his footwork, maybe you, you get the ball down on some of those overthrows that he has. Yeah, and I think, admittedly, I've been a bit of an Allen doubter on this show, but I actually think his his strengths fit into Bates's offense really well. When you look at what the Broncos did in 2008 when Bates called the plays and they finished second in the league in offense, Jay Cutler was a pro bowler. You know, just really getting the play action game going, splitting the field in half, taking your vertical shots. I actually think he fits really well into that. Now, here's something interesting we did. We had the Broncos and Jets take quarterbacks. I think one of those teams after free agency will not be looking for one because I think one of those teams will land Kirk Cousins. So it goes to show you how much the mock drafts can change yeah. in the coming months. But I think we have to cover all ground and really give each and of those. If you're. Yeah, if your Jets get Kirk Cousins, the Broncos probably get Case Keenum, which they might not feel the pressure to draft a quarterback at five. And, and ironically, that happens. Yeah, <laughs> ironically, don't you kind of see, at least I see a lot of similarities between Case Keenum this year and Baker Mayfield on the field. Oh, the way he played this year? Yeah, without a doubt. It, if Baker if Baker can play that disciplined in the NFL, which I thought he did, this, I thought he played pretty disciplined this year, um, played more from the pocket. 
improved his his deep touch. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's not a sexy comparison, but it might be a really really good one. Uh, okay, so the Bucks. Listen, this is a team that probably needs help down the line at corner and right now at safety. So you take a guy that could uh, get you a guy that could do both. Make a Fitzpatrick. Listen, yep. <laughs> it's as simple as that. He can. I I really like him at safety. I know you feel the same way. But he's a guy that could slide down and I think cover out of the slot. I think he could take on tight ends. I think he could do so many different things for a defense. And the Bucks need help in so many different spots on the defense. I just think he's such a seamless fit here. And if he falls to them at seven, it has to be a dream pick for Tampa. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, if, if he falls here, it is a dream pick. And it really messes things up for the Chicago Bears at pick number eight because uh, I think Minka would have been a great fit for them. We have Chubb off the board. Quentin Nelson's off the board. Um, so it, when I'm looking at mine, like they're not going to draft Saquon Barkley, you know, and they, I don't think they have a huge need at the linebacker position. I know that's kind of a, a trendy pick for them. So I'm going to go off the radar. I don't think this is a pick that we've made for them at all. I'm going to go Denzel Ward, corner from Ohio State. I think this is a need for them. They need to get, they got younger in the secondary last year with Eddie Jackson and they have Adrian Amos. They need to get much better at corner. I think you get a physical, fast guy in Denzel Ward who's probably going to run in the four twos at the combine. He's going to blow the doors off that place. And I, not the biggest need. I, I really would have liked offensive line here, but. I don't want to reach for Connor Williams. I think he would be a slight reach at this point. And, and you stole Quentin Nelson from me, which was what I wanted. The bears hired Notre Dame's a line coach, man. It's like, it's yep. <laughs> meant to happen. And you, you stole him from me. I think a lot of people are starting to um, sleep on Quentin Nelson and how, in terms of how high he's going to go in this draft. I think the, the media and the draft community thinks, okay, he's a guard. So he's probably going to fall outside the top 10, no matter how good he is. And I think the NFL is looking at him and going, this is a once in a decade interior line talent in terms of how safe of a prospect he is. And I just think somebody in the top 10 will pull the trigger on him. So that was just something I wanted to get out because I've seen more and more of him falling to uh, Cincinnati outside the top 10. So I don't know if that happens, but okay. Oakland Raiders. Now this could be the Niners could be the Raiders. The way we do it in this mock draft, we will have the Raiders. I put Tremaine Edmonds here. I like Roquan Smith as the best linebacker in this draft, but I think it's very, very close. And I think teams will fall in love with the upside that Edmonds brings. He's 19 years old. He's six foot five, 240 pounds. I think he's a pretty good athlete. I think he takes on blocks better than Roquan Smith does. So Oakland needs a centerpiece for their defense. And this is the guy you get that it's hard to believe when his rookie year rookie deal is up. He'll be like, what, 24 years old. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. 19 years old right now. I can't believe this happened. Saquon Barkley falls to my 49ers at pick 10. Uh, this, this would make me the happiest person in the world. You know how happy I was when Jimmy G signed that deal? I, I was electric. My I was giddy. Um, I was popping bottles in the office. If they could get Saquon Barkley and have Jimmy Garoppolo locked up, I, I, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Dance a jig in the office or something. <laughs> or I'll probably like be spraying beer in the office as we're doing the draft show. Uh, Saquon is the top player in the draft for me. Uh, I know lately there's been some pushback. People, he's not perfect. Uh, no, he's not perfect. No one is. Uh, I, I think, yeah, sometimes he bounces outside a little too much. Sometimes he doesn't run through contact. Can those be fixed? Uh, yeah, I think a better offensive line can help this guy not bounce as much when you trust uh, trust the system. You can coach some of that out. 
I think he's a great prospect. He's still the best running back I've seen. And if he's there at 10, it's got to be the fastest pick ever made. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to me that we saw Christian McCaffrey be this bona fide top 10 lock last year. I would argue Saquon Barkley is the same versatile weapon, only a better running back. So it's just, it's confusing to me. I'm not sleeping on how good this guy is just because there are three other first round running backs for me in this class between a guy that's going to be on the show today, Ronald Jones, Darius guys from LSU and Sony Michelle from Georgia, but let's not make that a case to forget how great Barkley is as an offensive weapon, not just a running back, a returner too. It's insane. Okay. So Miami dolphins. Now this is a pick that I keep going back and forth on because listen, Cordero Tankersley is definitely a part of their future. I think they need a safety for the future, but I think they still need help at corner. I think getting Raekwon McMillan back will really help with the linebacker unit on defense. So uh, listen, I'm going to go Josh Jackson here because I think the ball skills that he has, the ceiling that he has, and the length he has at corner, guys like that just don't fall out of the top 12. I think he runs a 4-5-40, and when you have that kind of length, it changes your makeup speed. People get too caught up in the times, and they don't realize on film a guy like this can get down the field with wide receivers and recover because of the length he has in his arms to break up passes and the length he has in his strides. So I like Josh Jackson a lot. I think Denzel Ward's the best corner. I think Josh Jackson is barely behind him. It's almost a 1A, 1B situation for me, and I think this is a great pick for Miami. And he's our guest on the show next week. So we got that going for us. So So, you got to plug him in here. Uh, Bengals, I'm going to go Connor Williams. This is a pick I've made a lot in mock drafts, the offensive tackle from Texas. Uh, They need massive help up front. And I've said before, I'll I'll just leave it at this. Connor Williams at left tackle, Cedric O'Boy here at right tackle, Jake Fisher at center. I I think it's the best, a way to get the best five on the field, cover up some of the massive holes they have there. I don't know why there's been this perception that Connor Williams isn't good. I think a lot of people got caught up on the Maryland game, which he talked to us about, said, hey, it was the worst game I've ever played in my life. The the early Joe Thomas comparisons were hyperbole. I think he's a Taylor Decker type left tackle, though, and a dude that can come in right away, give you some meanness in the run game. He's a smooth athlete. I think the Bengals could do much worse and have done much worse in recent mock drafts like or drafts, John Ross, than getting just a... a Franchise left tackle, dude, who's going to be really good at that spot. And if if he struggles, I think he could be a Pro Bowl guard. So it's it's the best of both worlds pick. Yeah, that kind of disappoints me. I really want him to slide to my Cardinals <laughs> that are coming up pretty soon. So uh, that's going to make put a tough spot for me on the clock. But next up, Washington. Listen, I'm going to take the best player on the board here, probably in Derwin James, the safety out of Florida State. I think you had a really good point yesterday where you said, man, you watch the last couple of games of his season this year when he looked healthy and back to form and just comfortable. And he showed the kind of game changing player he is. He's a freak. He's an absolute freak. I think he was Bucky Brooks that said that he said, listen, I'm not about the hype, but this guy is the real deal. I'm starting to really come around on Derwin James after I wasn't, I wasn't sure if the hype was real. And I just think Washington in this scenario takes the best player available for their defense. Yeah, I, I love that pick for them. Uh, you know that the Sean Taylor talk is going to get started, though, if you do that. So, <laughs> yes, the Packers, which he is not, no, and no one is. <laughs> no, the Packers here, and I've always gone edge for them, and I even started r- typing it in our notes, an edge rusher. And then I realized, oh, wait, Roquan Smith's on the board. They also need an inside linebacker. So I'm going to go a little bit of a BPA here. Roquan Smith, uh, they need speed in the middle of this defense. Uh, I think they like the potential of guys like Kyler, Kyler 
Fackrell. His name always trips me up. Kyler Fackrell. I don't know why. Uh, as someone that could be that pass rusher next year, uh, that they can find another one. I think with the, the scouting staff, they have the ability to mine for talent. But getting someone like Roquan Smith, getting that speed in the middle of the defense changes everything for them. And they're going to be young in the secondary next year. Guys like Josh Jones coming up. Haha's obviously still there. I think they'll probably try to get a little bit bigger on defense now that they're in Mike Pettin's scheme. Would love to see Roquan patrol in the middle of the field for them. No doubt. I think even though Fackrell really struggled this year, I think you can't necessarily reach for an edge or really you can't pass on Roquan Smith. I think he's an all pro talent in this class that only has a handful of them. And you get that at the Packers pick, man, that's that's pretty damn good. All right. Arizona Cardinals. This was really tough for me. I want to help the listen. When you look at the needs board, you say, "Okay, I want the quarterback of the future. No chance. All four went in the top 10. Then you look at. Um, fixing the offensive line. You took Connor Williams I, and Quentin Nelson's gone. I don't think there's an offensive lineman worth this spot after those two are gone. So I took Calvin Ridley because, listen, Larry Fitzgerald is not going to Tom Brady his career and just be 40-whatever and keep playing and keep being a number one <laughs> wide receiver. I'm sorry, Arizona fans. It's just not going to happen. So start putting offensive pieces in place so whenever you do get the quarterback, and maybe it's in free agency this year, or maybe you get creative in the draft. But for this scenario, take Calvin Ridley, a guy that is just going to be a really, really good wide receiver in this league, a guy that separates, a guy that catches everything. He'll be a better pro than he was in college. So listen, you're you're seeing the tail end of a career, a great wide receiver career in Arizona, and you could bring in the next guy. I love it. That's a pick I've made for them a lot. It also uh, cock blocks me pretty hard here because I wanted him for the Ravens. <laughs> and now you have to reach yeah. on the offensive line. Now <laughs> I have to reach for the tackle. I'm going to take Mike McGlinchey. And I say reach because you're you're drafting basically a right tackle at pick 16. I think he could be a really good one. Just solid as they come at right tackle. Maybe not super sexy, but could it be Jack Conklin? Yeah, I think he could be. I mean, he's, he's plug and play. Very well coached coming out of Notre Dame. They have a huge need for this. I almost went Billy Price because I think Billy Price is just a better player and he could play center or guard. Um, but I talked myself into the tackle because of the need there and, and the way they're trying to go offensively, I think. So Mike McGlinchey, pick 16 for the Baltimore Ravens who have, man, that team's starting to get old. They got needs all over the place. All right, pick number 17, the Los Angeles Chargers. This is an interesting spot here. This is a guy that you're not hearing mentioned as a first round guy, unless you listen to me talk about him all the time. But Frank Ragnow, the center from Ooh. Arkansas, he got hurt in October. I think he's the best center in this draft. I love your guy, Billy Price. I really do. I think Ragnow is a guy that is going to just, when people catch up on when he was healthy, they're going to say, okay, this guy's a first round player. The Chargers need a center. I'd love the idea of the interior when healthy of Forrest Lamp, Ragno, and Dan Feeney. I think that's that's a mean interior offensive line. So this would be a sneaky, sneaky, very, very good first round pick for Los Angeles. Well, the people of Seattle, thank you because Billy Price is still on the board and Jesus Christ, they need offensive line help. So Billy Price, <laughs> whether he's playing center or guard, I think the dude can be an all pro type. Like you said, he's my favorite center in the class. He is a weight room freak. He played right guard before this year. He's the team captain. He is a mean SOB in the run game. We we went and watched him against Rutgers and he just destroyed people, which I know it's Rutgers, but still this dude no, plays mean. Fun, though. He plays tough. And now you have, I think you're starting to have a little bit of a foundation there. If you keep Ethan Posick at right guard and you put Price in at center, you got something, at least a little bit of a foundation. And that's what they really, really need in Seattle. 
Yeah, I also like his versatility for Seattle. I think Seattle has shown that they've had so many holes in the offensive line that while you're rebuilding it, get get guys that are versatile and can really fill in a lot of spots. Price is a guy that's pro-ready. I really like him. I think that pick makes a lot of sense also for what they do on the offensive side of the ball, unless that changes as the staff has changed. So, okay, Dallas, this is the team that those fans want Calvin Ridley, and I get it. You need a number two wide receiver. I would actually really like to see Dallas go after Emmanuel Sanders if he indeed does get out of Denver and you roll with Des Bryant and Emmanuel Sanders next year while pushing the wide receiver need back a little bit. Ooh, that's Listen, nice. I didn't love the Taco Charlton pick, so I give them Harold Landry here. Taco's an okay player, but you need a pass rusher, an edge threat that can get upfield, a guy that can bend off the edge with explosiveness off the snap. So take Harold Landry, get after the quarterback, Help the young secondary. I think this is, if Landry does slide to this point, it's just very hard for Dallas to pass on him. I actually like Landry a lot still. I know that's for, like, he did get hurt this year, and I think a lot of people kind of forgot about him. He was the top senior on my board before the year started. So, I mean, he's in my top 20 players overall. I still like him. I'm excited to see him at the Combine uh, later this month. Hopefully he's healthy and and we'll get a good look at him. Uh, I'm going to go D-line for the Detroit Lions. Uh, at our pick here, that they need someone. They need a pass rusher. They need a three technique in the middle of that line. Maurice Hurst, a little bit of a local boy from Michigan. He's a touch undersized. I think he'll probably come in about 6'2", 285, 290. But his his first step's great. Uh, amazing effort and play recognition. He He's the dude that you'll always see chasing down screens, chasing down tosses, t- chasing down sweeps. Uh, love that effort. And I, I think when you look at what Matt Patricia what Bob Quinn, what they want to do in Detroit. He is someone that you have draw Davis in last year's first round. Like you're, you're really starting to beef up the middle of the defense and Hurst is going to give you pass rush and great in the run game. Yeah. He's explosive. He, like you said, he is an undersized player. I wish we got to see him in mobile just to see how quick he is in person, but he makes splash plays and it's very impressive. So, all right, sticking with the D line here, the bills are on the clock for their first of their back-to-back picks. Deron Payne from Alabama. What this guy did in the championship game is the player. I believe he can be almost all the time, a dominant force, a, a very young prospect, powerful. I think he can really, you know, his pass rushing skill set is a little limited. And I think that's why people are not down on him, but just not as high on him. I think he's a guy that can really do a lot of damage against the run. I think the pass rushing will come. If you want a sturdy player in the middle of your defensive line, this is the guy you take. And the Bills have a spot there to fill. So for a coach that you know prioritizes the defense, I think this is a pick that just makes too much sense. Yeah, speaking of prioritizing the defense, I have the Bills next pick, and I went Rashawn Evans. I, know I love him. Oh, my God, I do too. A lot of people are talking about, uh, let's go center here. Well, we took the two good centers. They're already off the board. And I like James Daniels. Um, I, I considered him here, but when you went Alabama D-line, I was like, ah, shit, we're about to have some fun here. I'm going to go Alabama linebacker. And it's just, you know, wrecking crew right in the middle of the defense. Uh, I, I think Sean McDermott could have a lot of fun with both these dudes. Uh, Payne kind of keeping people clean. And I do think he can be a pass rusher. Like you said, we saw it in the playoff game. But you you got your future replacement for Kyle Williams here uh, at defensive tackle and and even a linebacker you know Preston Brown I believe is a free agent this year I think they could also look to get better at strong side backer 
So Rashawn Evans would be, I think, plug and play starter. Yeah, and Brian Dable just had those guys kill his offense in practice for for the last <laughs> year. So he's sitting That's there true. telling the coaches, draft these guys, yeah. man, take them, bring them with me. So, all right, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, okay, Mike Hughes, a guy that might not make it this far in the draft. A lot depends on his interviews at the Combine because yeah. this guy's going to test off the charts. He's going to run sub 4-4. Excellent returner, excellent cover corner, physical at the line of scrimmage, great ball skills. He's a t- he's the third best corner in this draft in me. I think he's very close to Ward and Josh Jackson, a great player that does need to answer for an earlier off-field incident when he was at UNC. But if he goes this far, listen, Rams, you lose Tremaine Johnson, you bring in a better player right now. That is Mike Hughes. You're right, man. On tape, I have a first on him. Maybe top 25, but it is... Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. I actually... I emailed our my content editor, BR, and he was like, you know, how are scouting reports coming? And I was like, man, there's so much out there this year on injury and character that I, I feel like I'm just waiting on guys before I can finish anything because, you know, I'm not going to get in that room to interview them. So what I try to do is, okay, let me talk to five or six people who have been in the room or have read the reports on whether it's Mike Hughes or Holton Hill or whomever it might be. And get that feedback of good or bad. You know, sometimes it's the, you know, I remember with Blake Bortles, a a team was like, man, this, I don't know if this is the kind of guy you want leading your team. He's aloof. You know, he's just, he's too calm. He's too quiet. And that was just one guy's opinion. So you try to talk to five, six, seven people, get a little bit of a consensus. So that's what I'm waiting for on my cues. Carolina Panthers. My pick, oh gosh, I can't believe this dude lasted because uh, you you had him top 10 a while back. I think a, a lot of people did, not just you. And then the Senior Bowl came around and we finally uh, got to see a little bit of what he does against bigger competition. Marcus Davenport, UT San Antonio defensive end. He's, he's a developmental guy, but what he did Thursday at the Senior Bowl and what he did in the game, I think, shows his potential. He's huge. He's like 6'6". I think he's up to 260 is what I was told this week. Yeah, he's going to he test very yeah. well at the combine, but he's raw. I do think the Panthers like that type. Of course, they also don't have a a full-time GM right now, so it's it's hard to say, like, oh, this is what they're going to do. But I, I think you can look traditionally and say this is someone that definitely fits that scheme. All right, Tennessee Titans, a team that, listen, I don't think they actually killed it in the first round, first round last year, even though they had two first-round picks. I think Corey Davis and Dory Jackson will be solid players, but you'd like to see them get really upside starters here. So uh, Vita Vea, all right, listen, get some power for the defensive line. I think this is a defense that has a lot of potential depending on, you know, who they bring back, who they draft and sign. But listen, I just I think you can't really pass on Vita Vea in this spot because he's a guy that's you kind of in a league of his own on what he does in this class. Just a powerful defensive tackle that will throw blockers back into the pocket, will disrupt the run will be that first and second down kind of stopper really in the middle. And when you have guys like that, that you can rely on that can cover their gaps. These are guys that don't fall out of the first round because there's just only so many guys with that size that can do that on an every down basis. And I think Tennessee is the type of team that'll truly value that. Yeah. I I love that pick for them. They do need someone to beef up the middle. I I think Mike Vrabel might see a young Vince Wilfork there. Be like, Oh, okay, let's go with this. Atlanta Falcons, this is a pick I've been doing every week, I think, in my, my mock drafts. Isaiah Wynn, uh, guard from Georgia, played tackle, played left tackle at Georgia. I, I actually just love this kid. I think his length is great. His athleticism is good. His ability as a reach blocker, you see it at tackle and think, oh, that, that could actually be a lot of fun at, at guard. think he could have a, a huge impact there. You, you you move him inside and hide a little bit. You know, he is a shorter dude. Uh, I think he'll probably come in at like six two and a half, maybe six three. 
but I, I am a big fan of what he can do it just as a moving blocker, and, and he looks to me like a Pro Bowl guard. Yeah, he does. It's a crazy his rise when you get to go back. And it's always interesting to see the guys that got, what, the extra games, you want to say? Not just the yeah. bowl games, but the guys that got the championship game, too. Wynn was a guy that did, and you go back and you watch his extra games, and you're like, damn, he's kind of the reason they were able to do what they did on offense with those three running backs. So, And the way they pass the ball. he He's the complete package. I've been very impressed as I catch up on his film. Quentin Nelson, Will Hernandez, Isaiah Wynn. This is, I would call this a great interior line class when you look yeah. at the guards and the centers. Yeah, I'm so, with you. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers. You broke my heart when you took Rashawn <laughs> Evans to the Bills because I think Rashawn Evans to the Steelers is the one of my dream picks in this draft. But listen, this is a team that could very realistically lose Le'Veon Bell, who will be chasing every last dollar. Understandably, I get it. 25-year-old running back with, what, oh, 750 touches in the last two years coming yeah. off a multi-ligament tear in his knee. Get every last dollar you can. If the Steelers don't want to pay that, I don't blame you. Darius Geis from LSU. You guys know how I feel about this guy. He's great. He's a guy that can create on his own. He's a guy that's powerful. He's a guy that's graceful in the open field, elusive, hard worker, great guy. Just This is a guy you want in the locker room, and this is a guy that the Steelers can really mold their offense around for the future in the run game while also having AB, the best receiver in the league in the pass game. Yeah, we put the Saints in a tough position here, man, at the next pick because there's um, not much left on the board that fits their needs. Um, I mean, they could go corner and, and look to get depth there, but I went tight end. Dallas Goddard from South Dakota State, a little bit of a projection pick, but they need it. I mean, really, since they lost Jimmy Graham, I, I think not that the offense has struggled, but they could be better, and that's where I'm going to have them go. I think free agency will be very telling for them. You know, if you lose Kenny Vaccaro, a safety like Ronnie Harrison from Alabama starts to make more sense here, but as this roster looks today, this is where I would go. And and going tight end instead of quarterback of the future, because I just don't I don't have a value on a guy like Lamar Jackson or Mason Rudolph, or and I that would be those would be the only two I would even have a second round grade on. So I don't think the value is there for a quarterback of the future. It, it wouldn't surprise me because you want to draft a guy late first to get the five years instead of four. But as of now, at least, I, I don't see that being the way they go. Yeah, I totally get it. The Saints are in a tough spot there. You get a mismatch kind of weapon like Dallas Goder. I, I totally get it. I think the quarterback stash option is still intriguing to me, but like you said, it might just be a little early for them. So, all right, the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, this is a team that is tough to pick for because, how, you know, how do you make the rich richer? How do you give a team that almost has everything a little bit more? Load up at the cornerback position because a guy is available that fits what they do. Carlton Davis from Auburn, you want to talk about someone that will punch you in the face of the line of scrimmage, disrupt your route, not let you off the line, not make the day easy for you as a wide receiver. I think Carlton Davis is just such an easy fit for that Minnesota defense. And now you have multiple shutdown corners with arguably the best safety in the league over the top of them and a good front seven. If Minnesota can re-up their quarterback position next year, there's no reason they can't get right back where they were in the NFC championship game or further. Oh, actually, I love that pick for them. They can't draft a, a receiver uh, in the first round. So you might as well just draft a corner Jacksonville Jaguars. This is uh, shockingly a team that just doesn't have that many needs. I and mean, they, you look at what they've done. They've drafted so well over the past few years. They've just, and then even in free agency, they've gone in and picked up guys like AJ boy. Uh, and, and then they've developed guys like Brandon lender. Um, 
drafted guys like Cam Robinson that we didn't think would be as good as they are, or at least I didn't. So when you look at the roster top down, it's like, oh man, they don't have any needs and they're positioned well, even at spots that you would say might be a need. They have guys of the future. I'm not going to go quarterback of the future here, even though I, I know a lot of people want that to happen. They want Lamar Jackson. I think Mason Rudolph fits what Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone are, are more into, but I, I'm actually going to go safety. I'm going to go Ronnie Harrison. And I, I like their safeties. I think Barry church is had a very good year. Uh, he's, he's just turned 30. I think yesterday, happy birthday, Barry church. Uh, and then uh, it's Sean Gibson at free safety. I'm going to go Ronnie Harrison. Uh, not only do I think he's a better scheme fit for what they're doing than Barry church is, but just get younger, get cheaper. And he might not be a day one need, but if you want to run three safeties, now you've got a damn good intimidator could probably play some nickel linebacker as well. And just starts to, when you, when you're picking this late in the first round, you usually don't have many needs, especially pre free agency. Now you just start to try to build the most talented roster that you can. Yeah, Matt, I think that's something we should talk about, too, for everyone listening to this show. If we took a player to your team and you said, well, we don't have a starting spot open for that player, look at it in a two-year window. Teams draft like this where they go, okay, this starter at this spot is going to be a free agent next year. The Patriots are the kings of doing this. The kings of doing this. They knew, now this didn't work for them, but they tried. Nate Solder is a free agent, right? Now you know, whether he wants to keep playing or because I know he's had injuries or whether he signs with another team. They took two offensive tackles last year. It, it, it developmental guys, too. One guy in Connor McDermott ended up in Buffalo, but Garcia yeah. is still there. It's just a point of you always look ahead in a two to three year window, not a instant impact window, especially the back end of round one. Yeah. All right. Uh, listen, we actually you stole my guy. God Damn we, it, Connor. <laughs> we wrote this in the wrong way. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. They are oh, not picking 31st. I did steal your guy for, for New England, Isaiah Oliver. The, it's funny. I laughed so much during the show. You guys probably think I'm insane. Me and Matt punch in the names, and sometimes we get too trigger happy and punch in the name early. So it looks like <laughs> that Like Matt has tried to take Carlton Davis to Jacksonville when I was taking him to Minnesota. And now for New England, I'm taking Isaiah Oliver, the cornerback from Colorado. He he wanted to give to Philadelphia. So listen, Malcolm Butler is definitely leaving. New England needs help on the defensive side of the ball. Isaiah Oliver is a guy that you look at him and you think he's a corner made in a factory meant to make superstar cornerbacks. He's six foot one, 203 pounds, great athlete, can jump through the roof can turn and run a guy that could do it all. I'd like to see him be a little more physical, but he's a guy that with those kind of measurables, he might not make it out of round one. And I think this is a need and a good fit. I'm completely lost now. I got to go find a guy for the, Eagles yeah, I know. I, I, was, I screwed I was you over. So pretty happy. Badly. It was like, I, I know exactly who I'm going to pick. Now I'll, I'll go to one that I, I've done quite often for them. And it's Malik Jefferson to get more athletic at linebacker. I know they'll have Jordan Hicks coming back next year, but I think that he's a kind of a stretch to ever hope that he's going to stay healthy at this point. Malik is an interesting dude. I think you can watch his film and be underwhelmed. You can watch his film and see the athleticism he brings to the table and get really excited about it. I've said before, and I think he said when I interviewed him on the podcast that he's probably a better pass rusher than he is a middle linebacker. And it, so it's all about getting him in the NFL, seeing where he can make plays. He's, he's a phenomenal athlete. And so the people who are down on him, I think when he shows up in Indy and runs in the four fours as a linebacker, a lot of people are going to start thinking, huh, is this Darren Lee? Is this Ryan Shazier? Like he's that type of athlete. And even if those guys 
need work, they're so athletic that they they maybe get a little overdrafted, I guess you could say it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, well, hopefully everybody hates their pick for their favorite team. Um, if you do direct all complaints to at NFL draft scout, <laughs> he likes those in his mentions, uh, send more complaints to Kennedy and mellow. So, <laughs> all right. Oh man, that was a lot of fun. What do you think uh, before we, re- before we really end this off and, uh, head to talking to Ronald Jones, what was your favorite pick that you made in the entire thing? The perfect fit, just timing everything. Uh, oh, Saquon Barkley to the Niners for sure. Oh, of course you. Homer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about, I mean, I know you loved my Josh Jackson or Josh Allen pick for the Jets, but uh, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> favorite, favorite pick that you made, man, that's tough. I, oof. I'll tell you what, I like Harold Landry to the Cowboys. I, I think that me and you, if you go back and listen to our summer shows, every time we had the chance to talk about pass rushers, all we wanted to do was give love to Harold Landry. And I think we shouldn't put aside how great his 2016 tape was just because he had an injury plague 2017. So while we were at the Super Bowl, I got the chance to sit down with USC's Ronald Jones and talk about playing for the Trojans, what Sam Darnold's like, why Whataburger's better than In-N-Out. I love him for saying that. And we also went pretty deep on what his Tinder bio should say. So here we go. All right, everybody. Hello again from Radio Row. Uh, You're listening to this a little bit after the Super Bowl, but we had such a a great guest stop by that we had to go ahead and grab him. Ronald Jones from USC. (laughs) One of my favorite running backs in the entire draft class. And why aren't people talking more about you, man? It's like everybody wants to talk about Saquon and, yeah. and Sony Michelle. Why are people forgetting about you? Um, you know, maybe because I play, you know, with an outstanding quarterback. And then I've heard the thing about the, the West Coast bias. You know, yeah. a lot of the writers are in pub and sleep. So maybe, maybe that, that could be one of the reasons. You were worth staying up for last year. I've told everybody it's... It might be lazy, but you were 25 and you got dreads. It's hard not to see Jamal Charles out yeah. there. Do you get that one a lot? Yeah, I get that a lot, and I love it, you know, because he's one of my favorites growing up, you know, watching him play even back in his days in Kansas City and at UT. So, yeah, yeah that was one of my guys growing up. Are there certain guys that you, like, watch on Sundays and you think, man, I, you know, I steal some of that from him? And, it, you know, like right now the hot name is Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Who do you, like, think your game represents best? Uh, yeah, I like Jamal. You know, I've gotten LaShawn McCoy. You know, I, I love what uh, Kamara's doing and, and uh, Todd Gurley. You know, he plays in the same stadium as me. So, yeah. But uh, I'm trying to take some, some of that patience from Le'Veon. So that'd be cool. His ability to get to the line of scrimmage and almost stop. Yeah. And then find a lane it's is, crazy. is unreal. You're probably a little faster than him, though, right? Yeah, I, I need to be more patient. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably hard to do, though, right? Especially, yeah. like you said, you have a, an outstanding quarterback at Sam Darnold there. And and so defenses are, you know, have to pick their poison when they're trying to stop you guys. Did you see a lot of that this year where defense was would, would key on you and say, okay, we're going to make this passing game beat us? Or did it? Did you have a little more room to run this year? Yeah, I had a lot of room uh, to run this year. You know, it was vice versa, you know, depending on who we were playing, things like that. But, uh, yeah, like you said, they had had to pick their poison. You know, uh, they couldn't always load the box uh, because I had Sam back then. And, you know, great receivers on the edge. So, you know, it was a tremendous compliment. Yeah, and before we start recording, you were talking about a receiver you played with last year, Juju, who's <laughs> he's blown up now, man. Yeah. You, who would think a, a like a 21-year-old without a driver's license would become a thing? I know, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's been Ubering everywhere since back at SC, so. Yeah, is that how he is, like, off camera Yeah, as well? that, that's really Juju. Yeah, what you see is what you get, and uh, he, he doesn't change for anybody. Yeah, so what's what's going on for you now? I mean, obviously, it's Super Bowl this week, doing media. You're probably getting ready for the combine. Yeah. Where are you training at? What are you doing? Uh, I'm at, I'm in San Diego at Exos. 
So, it's a good spot. Yeah, we got a lot of big-time players down there. I, I've been out to all their facilities, and I feel like you definitely, like for you guys, you can kind of see where you stand because you, yeah. you're surrounded by all this great talent. So you, you're going to run the 40, do it all when you get to Indy? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'm still working with the trainers, and, you know, of course, I'll talk to my agent, but yeah, I'll probably run the 40 and do the, the, the running test. Yeah, I mean, we got a couple weeks still, yeah. so you got a little bit. Uh, what went into your decision to come out? I mean, was it one of those things where, like, okay, Sam's leaving too? You know, they're, they're basically rebuilding on <laughs> yeah. offense. So, is, did that play? Yeah, into I it? mean, yeah, that definitely played a factor. Um, you know, you know, having a good season like I did, uh, you know, with the support of the coaching staff, and my family, I just felt like the time was right. And then, plus, you know, as a running back, I have a short, uh, you know, lifespan anyway. So. Yeah, you don't want to get, get hit for free can. when you can get yeah. hit and get paid to do <laughs> Even it. Even though I would for the Trojans again, but, you know, yeah. I feel like it was time. So you want to – are you going to just like – do you have a spot? Like, who did you grow up a fan of that you're like, man, I want to play for the Niners or the Raiders or – Oh, yeah, growing up I was a Cowboys fan. Oh, so, well, Emma Smith's yeah. sitting right at the table next to I know, to us, yeah, so. I met him back in high school and I got to meet him again. Uh, hopefully he remembers me. But yeah. I cut my dress, so he may not. He, I but. think you, you did pretty well the last two years. He probably knows who you are, <laughs> so – uh, so away from the game, what's something you like to do in your downtime? Like, are you a video game guy? You like to go to the beach? Oh, yeah. What's yeah, I'm always on Madden, uh, 2K My Career, things like that. Uh, I heard everybody, everybody talking about this game Fortnite. I ain't heard about it. No, that's what Pat Mahomes was just yeah, telling Yeah, I just, I, I've watched somebody play it, but, like, it doesn't look, you know, like all that to me. Uh, so When you play Madden, know. what team are you? Cowboys or the Chiefs. Cow- oh, you want those mobile quarterbacks? Yeah. Do you put Mahomes in or do you want Alex? I actually do. I put Mahomes in. You yeah. want that arm strength, right? And then uh, I like the Steelers too, obviously, because their offense is just crazy on there. So, yeah, yeah I'll be rocking with them too. They might have an opening and running back if Le'Veon's Uh-oh. free agent. So That would be crazy. That would be nice. That would be, be some stuff, man. All right. So one thing we do with all our guests, man, we like to run them through. We call it the gauntlet. It's just five okay. questions back to everybody, so you can you can have fun with it. All right. What's your, what's your go-to pregame meal? Go-to pregame meal? Like, actually, before the game or, yeah. like, just a – Yeah. Oh, mm, probably something light for my stomach, so probably, like, a Subway sandwich or a Chick-fil-A. Yeah, some like. Chick-fil-A right over there. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, it up? I wanted a biscuit earlier. They, they was open. Do you guys – no, you have Chick-fil-A in California? Yeah, they got that. Oh. Obviously, Whataburger my favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's my man. Make that the headliner. Yeah, Whataburger. Sponsor me. I, I I went out of my way last week coming here to go to Whataburger. You, you so, liked it? Oh, love What'd it. you get? Oh, I get the, what is it, just the double chicken biscuit. Oh, the double cheeseburger, yeah. okay. I was there for, for You got to get the honey butter so. chicken biscuit. On my way home. It's from 11 to 11. 11 to, it's better than In-N-Out, too, I got to say that. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's our yeah. headline. It's better than, thank it's you. It's better than In-N-Out. It's simple. People argue with this. I don't, I don't see how you can argue. Like, In-N-Out is good, but it's only one burger. You yes. know what I mean? Like, we got chicken strip burgers. I, I can, The list goes on and on. And I can all, talk the, all the sauces that they have yeah. in Whataburger? God. I don't know. You're moving up my rankings now. Shit. <laughs> I'm going to put you way higher. <laughs> all right, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ooh, probably invisibility. Just so you know, uh, probably shouldn't say this, but I, you know, rob a bank, you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, break into a house, I don't know. You could, yeah. And as a running back, invisibility would be yeah, nice too. Yeah, the kid won't get tackled. I just pop touchdown. But so. really, you're saying what everyone like. If I were invisible, I would. Yes, I would be robbing a yeah. bank. Or, what, what would you pick? I'm curious. Oh man, I would like to be able to tell the future, especially in my oh, job. Okay. Like, if I knew where you were going to be drafted? <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be good for you. Never be wrong. I wouldn't want to know my future. Yeah. No, yeah Either that not. or super strength. Super strength would be good, too. Yeah. yeah Just so I can get away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> You're all about getting away <laughs> with stuff, man. <laughs> I right. hit a guy with a power stiff arm. There you go. What's the one game none of your friends can beat you at? So, like, you said Madden or 2K. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of boring when it comes to video games. I stick with the sports games. None of my friends can see me in Madden. Really? Yeah, Nick, man. JJ, Chris, Roy, online, none of them can see me, so. 
Man, we we have a lot of guys in Madden, and I keep saying we need to get all our guests together and have a tournament. That's what I'm saying. And get some like you know, I'm with it. some money and I'm with it. We I put some prize money now. There we go. I can gamble now. You know, <laughs> that's so. true. Yeah, you're over 21 now. Well, the NFL might not let you. I don't know. Well, yeah, you got a couple months still where you can get away that's with true. some stuff before the NFL puts you down. All right, if you're stranded on a deserted island, who's the one person you want there with you? Man, that's hard. Probably my Uncle Derek. Yeah. He just always knows what to do, no matter what situation. I would say my mom, but she, she likes to panic a lot. So uh, my friends, yeah, I don't, yeah, probably my uncle. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. A lot of guys say, you know, like Bear Grylls or someone who could survive. And yeah. then other guys are like, I want Rihanna. We're only going to uh, make it a week, <laughs> but it's going to be the best week of my life. Oh, yeah. It was, if that's the case, yeah. Riri, what's up? What's yeah, good with it? There you go. Yeah. I mean, you are going to die soon. I trying to get it. <laughs> you got to shoot your shot, right? I mean. I might have to DM her. All right. Speaking of that, what would your online dating profile say? So, like, your Tinder bio, your yeah. Bumble bot, what, it, if you have one or not, what would it say? <laughs> no, I'm not there, but uh, it'd probably say, you know. You know, freaky at the dark, you know, chocolate sensation, something like that. Yeah. So you can go with like fast on the field, not off it. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know, there we go. Like yeah. <laughs> Texas Tesla, fast on the field. <laughs> there you go. Slow at night. I love it, man. Thanks for your time. Good luck to you. Thank you. I sir. think we're all rooting for you, man. Thanks. Right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, so Ronald Jones is instantly one of my favorite players uh, in the NFL, or will be one of my favorite players in the NFL now. Team Whataburger, and uh, I feel like he got me on the the Tinder bio stuff i'm I'm actually going to steal one of those for my own so uh th- that was awesome talking to him uh no more cafeteria style radio row interviews this year we only did those two so but we do get to talk to our good buddy kennedy finally back kennedy you haven't been on the show yet in 2018 other than immobile i really haven't you know being a college student's a little rough lately especially when i have class in the morning but i'm back i'm back for good Love it. Love it. It's going to be a lot of fun. You have a lot of great questions for us this week. We're going to do some draft on draft. We used to do this while drinking beer and that now we record in the morning. So um, I'm either going to have to like start being really Irish and drinking a Guinness for breakfast no, or we're do something, Connor. <laughs> or we might have to rename this segment. I don't know what we're going to do. I- Irish um, coffee. Let's, let's jump into it. You have a, a ton of stuff to ask us. All right. So Mike Carrasta, I'm sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong, but he wants to know, what direction do the 49ers go in round one, given the recent arrest of Ruben Foster? Uh, you know, we did the mock draft, and, and I took Saquon there because he fell. I don't know that, that the Ruben Foster arrest changes anything yet. They already needed another linebacker in that defense. So if they draft Tremaine Edmonds, let's not be like, oh, they're doing it because of Ruben Foster. I mean, they needed another linebacker still. So it, I, I'm always so hesitant to say that you draft someone to – like replace a guy like that. I mean, he was drafted last year in round one. He's obviously battled injuries. He's had two or three arrests now. So there are concerns, but I don't know that with pick nine or 10, you, you draft to replace the guy you just drafted last year. Listen, the details do not sound good. Um, You hope Ruben Foster can turn his career around, but there's no guarantee of that. Now, what I will say is where the Niners are picking, whether it's nine or 10, if Roquan Smith is on the board, there's a good chance he's also the best player available. So I like the fit and don't rule out Tremaine Edmonds either. I think that the Niners will certainly explore taking one of those two guys even more now because Foster has proven to be unreliable. So this next question has been answered before, but I think since we've gained, what, five, 6,000 followers on Twitter, Humble brag. a lot of new people listening, uh, Ross Smith asked, 
which scouting traits are more natural instincts for you to evaluate compared to those that you may need to review on tape? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't I honestly don't know if there's any that are like natural instincts. Um, I, I think everything has to be, at least for my process, everything kind of has to be tape review. You know, it, it's, you could see a guy in person and, and you understand their body type and their speed. But, you know, we were talking about Lamar Jackson earlier. I don't, I don't think that I at least can accurately judge a quarterback's like football IQ off TV tape. And I think it's hard to do in person too. It's really something that you need to be able to like slow down, back it up, watch it again, back it up, watch it again, you know, to get to understand progressions and to be able to also to look at mechanics and, and then, Oh wait, what happens once he throws the ball? And, and so maybe, maybe everyone's different, but like the way I do it, Almost everything has to be double checked on tape or triple checked. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's just a chance to obviously see the whole field, see a different angle, run it back, run it forward. Now, what I will say is when I'm watching the broadcasts, I tend to pick up better on running backs because you can most of the time still see if they're making the right cut, the vision, what they could do in the open field and all of that. Um, And I think linebackers. So those are things you can watch. And during the regular season, I get a feel for like, okay, that's a guy I'm circling because I'm going to go back and watch him two or three times after the season. Now, all the other positions, it's very hard. It's that's a good question because if there's to answer it, there's just not a lot. You really need to go. Like Matt said, you need to go back and watch from every different angle and watch over and over again, which is what we're doing this time of year, like, we get people on Twitter who are like, why didn't you do this shit during the season? Cause How I didn't have we? access to the tape during the yeah, season. Yeah. I'm, like I'm trying to write two articles a week and do two podcasts. So we can do video. And I also have to cover the NFL and it's a matter of time. Like it really is. And you know, like the draft Twitter, people can watch Lamar Jackson every Saturday and think they're breaking him down. You're not like you have to, and I, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, you have to watch the tape guy. You can have an opinion, but I don't think you can have a fully formed opinion until you actually watch the tape and I don't work for an NFL team. So I get access to that, to all of the tape, all the all 22 once I barter for it, basically this time of year. So it's not one of those things that you can just be like, Oh, let me sit down Sunday morning and watch this Louisville all 22. Like, like the guys on the road scouting for teams can do Um, it. Like, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. I just, I feel like we need to be transparent about why late in the year things start to change. And it's because of access. That's really the only reason. So given the recent interview with Good Morning America, JT asked, do you think Johnny Manziel has any real chance of a comeback? If so, what team do you think would give him a chance? It's going to be the a long only road thing, um, yeah. for Johnny Manziel. I think the NFL is so hesitant to trust this guy no matter what he says. I, I root for anyone that is truly invested in a comeback that – You know, like last year, you want to see Josh Gordon make a comeback and you hope it's not just obviously it's financially related because these guys need to make a living, but you'd like them to actually clean up their life for the right reasons. And watching that interview, I want to believe Johnny Manziel, but I also need to see it. And I think he's going to have to go through multiple steps that include leagues that are not the NFL to get a chance in a camp again. I think the only team that would give him a shot and I, I also know he's telling people this. So I think my yeah, I think my opinion's clouded is John Gruden. Gruden loved him wow. coming out, just loved him. And they don't need a quarterback, so they can do that. You know, because they they're fine. They have Derek Carr and they have a couple good backups. So they don't need him. 
but they can at least give him a shot to get back in. And and it it would be an invite type tryout with no strings attached. But that's the one spot that that I can maybe see someone saying, "I love this kid coming out." And and Gruden probably has the pull in the NFL to do that. And if it doesn't work, who cares? It's it's kind of like when uh, when the like the, when the Patriots signed Tebow. You're like, ah, it's probably not going to work. But if it does, it'd be awesome and and good for them just giving him a shot. I, I think it's gotten to that point. Hey, if it doesn't work out, Johnny to the XFL, right? He can't. He has an arrest record. He can't even play in the XFL. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, <laughs> Joe Ficino, I'm sorry, Joe, asked, who is your favorite college player that is looking like a long shot for the NFL? Ooh, Puna Ford is mine because I'm a Texas homer, so I'm not even going to try to hide it. And he didn't get the combine invite. He's probably going to be a sixth or seventh round pick because he's He's 5'11 and a nose tackle, but he would be my favorite <laughs> college player that that's a long shot at this point. Uh, mine would be Quentin Flowers from South Florida because yeah, you love him. I love yeah. him. I love him because he was a great college player. He's not going to play quarterback at the next level. You hope he can catch on, whether it's as a returner, running back, wide receiver, something along those lines, special teamer. This is a guy that when he was seven years old, his dad was killed in a, in a drive-by shooting. When he was, you know, right before going to college in 2012, I believe he was in high school, his mom died of cancer. Right before his first career start in 2014, his stepbrother was shot and killed. So when he had his senior day this year, I believe he walked out with Charlie Strong because he doesn't really have family left. So... And then he had to leave the Shrine game early because of a death in the family. Exactly. So you want to talk about somebody that continues to fight through adversity and was a great college football player that you hope finds his place in the league because of what he's been through and clearly how hard he's worked. I I think everybody should root for Quentin Flowers. I'm with you. Definitely. So I had to include this question from Brian because it's with your boyfriend, Matt. (laughs) <laughs> With fullback being a limited position in the NFL, where do you see someone as versatile as Dimitri Flowers going? Oh, it does. It does limit teams. It really, it really does because you start to look at who actually uses a fullback, and then okay, well, who uses a fullback that can catch? And it it makes it harder. That is one thing that I do when I'm trying to go through to uh, and do a mock draft. Is okay. Well, I need to look at teams that actually fucking use a fullback and and not just like oh you're gonna go to the Niners because but I, I would look at like Cleveland has Dan Vitale or that would be a great fit uh, I could see Oakland getting back into it with Gruden a little bit I think Flowers be a, a very nice fit there uh, Chicago's gonna do it now with Matt Nagy uh, the Bears would would be someone that would utilize his pass catching ability as well and, and maybe even let him run the ball a little bit so those it, it really is like half the league I think yeah. I counted once. It's Jeremy like Bates will still use the fullback. Yep. Jeremy Bates would. Yeah. yeah but the Jets definitely could. Lawrence so Thomas was it's some solid, of those like old so. school, like West Coast principal teams that whether it's you were under Andy Reid or Gary Kubiak or Mike Shanahan, those are the teams that are still going to use one and, and use one at a pretty high level. Yeah. You know, what's weird is and it's even less to an extent. Now, the fullback position is starting to feel like the long snapper spot where there's just only so many of those jobs in the world. And now the yeah. league where, like you said, Matt, you went through a couple teams, about half the league is using the fullback. It, Flowers is good enough where he's going to make the NFL, but it, it's tough when you look like a, a guy like Bauden from San Diego State that was Rashad Penny's lead blocker. He, he's a very good fullback. Are there enough spots? You have to do so many different yep. things 
So it, it's just a tough time to be a fullback trying to make it in the NFL. I want him to go to the Bears. I'm like thinking, I'm like picturing that. Like I'd him like and that, that offense would be so much fun. So Richard Royal has been killing it with questions. He sent in like 30 questions last Yeah, he's night. great. I love him. He sent me so <laughs> many. I'm sorry, Richard. I could only pick one. So I thought his best one was if you could go back in time and tell one player to retire now, who and what year should they have retired? Oh, damn. That's Joe Montana, 1990, what, two, 93, before he we went to Kansas City. So I think 93. That's when I would have been like the back injuries that happened. Uh, and it just it makes me want to throw up thing about Joe Montana in a Chiefs jersey. Like he, he could have just retired as a Niner after that 92 season. Steve Young, it was clear, was the dude at that point. And, you know, like I'm fine with like Jerry Rice being a Raider. He was really good as a Raider. Peyton Manning is a Bronco. Even that last year where he didn't have it, they won a Super Bowl. So what? how are you going to get mad about that? Joe Montana as a Chief, it was disgusting. And I, I think he only played there for like two years anyway. So, um, yeah, it's just not a fan of it. Yeah, I wish Darrell Revis retired before just, you know, kind of embarrassing himself in a Chiefs uniform as well. So if you're going to be old and just want a last paycheck and go to the Chiefs, just don't. <laughs> Find another way. We'll start you Let's go, go we'll fund me to not do it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's mine. That's just a bitter answer, but it's the truth. <laughs> All right, so Gershmit asks. Oh, God. <laughs> this is for you, Connor. This is for you. So a uh, backstory to this is... um. He was mentioning to Connor on Twitter about what you've produced. And Connor's like, that's not the strangest thing I've produced. So what is the strangest thing that you have produced? All right. So when the draft ends, like there's a downtime at Bleacher Report, right? So, I mean, I do the podcast with Matt and we watch a lot of film of the top guys going into the next year, all the quarterbacks and the other top guys at their positional groups. But I'm still at Bleacher Report five days a week where there's time. And I work in the video department. So I help out, obviously, with a lot of projects. So we did this video after the draft. It was last year uh, that I helped out on. It's it's called Welcome to the Diaper Derby, the High Stakes Races Taking Over NBA Games. You know, like when they have babies, baby races oh at halftime shows of NBA games. So I helped produce a video like telling the story of the diaper derby at NBA games. And if you want to search it, everybody listening to this, all you do is go into Google and put diaper derby bleacher report and you can watch it. It's like a minute long video. It's, it's almost embarrassing that I've been a part of this, but um, yeah, things get really fucking weird when it's downtime of the year. And these are the projects that I get my hands in, you know, just for the people. I can't wait to watch this video. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I wrote the script too. So when you read the text boxes, that is my lovely writing. That's, I didn't know this thing existed. It's horrifying. I'm definitely going to find it's, it now. It's horrifying, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so last question of the day is from An- Andrew Harbour. What team is the best, is in the best position to address a key need in the draft that they might not be able to get in free agency due to debt? Hmm. That is a that's tough, man. I gave you the opposite earlier when I said the Cowboys could get a guy like Emmanuel Sanders to knock out. So this is the opposite of that question. Keen yeah, and the, the draft, like the yeah, the two depth thing makes this I think a little bit harder because it's like oh depth. Well, that kind of insinuates middle rounds to me. I have an answer though. You got one? Go for it. So the Rams are probably going to lose Tremaine Johnson and Lamarcus Joyner. So they need secondary help. 
I think corner is the position group this year that you can find starters in the second round. I think Jair Alexander goes in the second round. Uh, I think we could even see a guy like Oliver or Carlton Davis maybe slide, depending how they run. That would kind of surprise me. But there's Quentin Meeks. There's DJ Reed, Dante yeah. Jackson. Corner is the class. I mean, I think like the Patriots. Yeah. Patriots as well. You're going to lose Malcolm Butler. Fuck, he's already gone. I mean, at bottom OC, he's a free agent. They're in a great spot because they're picking at 31, and then they're picking again at, I believe, 43 from San Francisco. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, let's see what happens with Mike Hughes. Let's see what happens with Isaiah Oliver. Yep. But there's going to be guys that that slip because there's going to be runs on positions. Uh, we only had one receiver drafted in our first round when we did the mock draft. There's probably going to be a run on receivers that, that pushes guys. And on that note, teams that need a receiver, you know, if you look second round, like we had the Cardinals take a uh, receiver, but if they don't go receiver, they're in a great spot. They're positioned very well to address that in the draft and, and not a free agency if they want. Same with the Baltimore Ravens. If they go offensive line or defense, you know, they, they got to be cap conscious. Mike Wallace is a free agent. Michael Campanero is a free agent. They could definitely like clean up like DJ Moore to Baltimore in the second round would be sexy as That's hell. That's great. If they pick. can figure out how to make yeah. that work. Yeah. Those are that's those are definitely pretty good answers. Don't you love really. that? Don't you love that we we started off the top like oh we don't really know and then me and Matt each have like three minute rants nerd rants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that's all the questions for this week. I just like to say thank you to everybody for sending in questions. I think this was by far the most we've ever gotten. There was a hundred replies. Oh my last god, week, over a hundred on my Twitter gosh. just from last night. Oh, just from yesterday and. Uh, so I've been doing the Instagram lives and I gave away four koozies in the last one. I didn't forget about you guys, the four winners. I wrote down your Instagram accounts. When the koozies come in, I'll message you for your address and we'll take care of all the giveaways. We're just uh, waiting on inventory. So that'll definitely. Yeah. And there's, yeah. Those are coming. The stickers, the full size stickers, not the confetti size stickers are coming uh, very soon. Like Connor said, like you guys can get involved. We want you to get involved. We we obviously can't answer 100 questions on the podcast. So, you know, hop on Instagram live with us. We try to answer a lot of questions. Uh, Connor's doing a couple a week. We're doing one pretty much every Thursday after we record the Friday show. So follow at Sticks Football. You'll get the notification when we go live. Um, our, our iTunes questions are, are popping up again. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, don't be afraid to hop on Apple Podcast and leave a five-star review. Subscribe so you never miss, whether it's the Wednesday show or the Friday show or special shows that like we're going to be doing at the Combine and like we're going to be doing draft week. So it's our time of year. Well, we, we definitely appreciate everybody helping make this show as great as it's been so far. So for Connor and Kennedy, thanks for hanging out with us again this week. 